On behalf of Triad Christian Center and Pastor Joshua Lockett, we welcome you to the Movement Podcast. This year in 2020, we are focusing on walking with Christ daily. So come walk with us as we continue our journey with this week's message. So merciful. And we pr- I pray even today that you are giving us strength for days to walk with you daily, Lord. Not just iffy and back and forth, but Lord, consistency, I declare, is coming into our ministry here at Triad. And we thank you that as we remain faithful that you're bringing breakthrough in our lives, Lord. We pray today that the word is falling on good ground, that the spirit of the Lord, the Holy Spirit, you're moving and guiding us into all truth, that the spirit of wisdom and revelation is being released, and that the eye of every heart is flooded with light in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, everybody give a shout of praise to Jesus. We have been talking about a daily, our daily walk with the Lord. This whole year is called Winning Daily. Amen. How many know you can win one day, but the question is, can you win every day? And then an even greater question is, we might get into this more later on, how do you define winning? And what is a win in your books? You know, I, I would say a lot of our frustration in life a lot of our depressions in life sometimes come from the fact that we don't know how to define a real win. And if you would look at the cross of Jesus, it looked like he lost. But tell you that, three days later, he got up. And so you can't always judge a win by his cover. Come on now. And so Jesus actually won. He broke the power of sin. He brought healing. He brought deliverance. He brought freedom because of his victory on the cross. So we're talking about winning daily. And this first month, we have been focusing in on just what I call disciplines, daily disciplines that every believer should have. Amen. We use the example starting off that we are like athletes. Amen. We are training. I know some of you, you made your New Year's resolution that you're going to go to Planet Fitness every day. I don't know how you're doing with that right now. But thank God for the, for the thought. Amen. Isn't that right? Somebody said, I'm working out, Pastor. I'm working out that Snickers bar to my mouth. Amen. But, but we, we talked about training and disciplining ourselves and that spiritual development doesn't just happen through osmosis. It happens through the choice to shape and condition ourselves spiritually. And so somebody like that, they'll hear that and they'll say, well, how can I develop myself spiritually? I'm glad you asked. And the first thing we said was prayer. Say prayer. We started off this year with prayer. We actually went through a whole week of saturate where we were worshiping the Lord. We were actually fasting, which fasting is another discipline. By the way, uh, if you want to hear me, if you want to hear a teaching on fasting that I did, just saying if you want to hear it, we have it on our podcast. It's called Triple A Fasting. And I encourage you to go check that out on our podcast, download it today. But we talked about fasting, but we had a week of fasting and worship. We talked about prayer. Uh, we talked about how prayer, If even if you don't get what you want, you can still get some peace. Come on now. We talked about just, just things that prayer does. Amen. Prayer gives you power over temptation. How many need some power sometimes over temptation? How many need power a lot of days over temptation? And so prayer gives you power over temptation. Go listen to that message. That was the first Sunday. Uh, I talked about finding a pattern, finding a, finding a partner, and, uh, and just I gave some different points about how you can go forward with that. Then the next Sunday we came back and talked about prayer boosters. Say prayer boosters. And we talked about some things that just kind of boost your prayer life. And we talked about just different areas that you can improve your form, so to speak, in prayer. You know, when you go work out 
it's not just enough just to work out. You got to have the right form. Because if you have the wrong form, you can end up hurting something. Amen. And then you're going to be out of the gym for the next month or so because you worked out the wrong way. Amen. And, and, and proper form is not necessarily form, but preparing the workout, you need to do what? What do you need to do before you work out? Everybody knows that you need to stretch. You just don't go in because if you're not careful, you're going to pull something. And then if you're married, your wife will have to come get you off the ground or your husband, either one. And then you're going to blame it on, the, on, the, on, the, on the, uh, the workout equipment. It ain't the workout equipment. You just didn't stretch. Amen. And then maybe you had the wrong form. I remember when I was in high school, I don't think I had the wrong form, but I was working out, and I actually pulled a muscle uh, in a particular area of my body. And, brother, that thing was off the chain, man. Have you ever pulled a muscle? It does not feel good. We talked about, you know, when you do biceps, y'all know bi curls. You know, y'all know what I'm talking about? Y'all ever done those before? Let me go to the side. Have you ever done that before? They don't know what I'm talking about. They, but we were talking about right form, and I had Elder Taylor doing the wrong form, and then I showed him the right form. And that's really what we're talking about in prayer, because I believe there are better ways to pray. Amen? We're not just throwing up words to the ceiling, but there's a way you pray. And so Jesus actually gave his disciples a model for prayer. And so go listen to the prayer boosters uh, teaching. And, and then, all, then, then last Sunday, we started talking about daily fellowship. Say fellowship. So I kind of got happy with prayer instead on that two Sundays. Uh, or maybe not happy, but I chose to do it two Sundays. And, uh, and now we're here at fellowship. Say fellowship. Okay. We defined Tuesday night. If you, didn't, if you weren't here Tuesday night, I want to encourage you to go get the CD because I believe it came out a little bit clearer Tuesday night. Uh, but we talked about the power of coming together. Of, of iron sharpening iron. And we made a big point that you, you as a believer, and some of you may not be believers in here. I don't want to assume that everyone here is, is a believer in Christ Jesus. But, but we talked about how in order to really be in fellowship, you have to get around like-minded people. Iron sharpens iron, the Bible says in Proverbs 27. And so we talked last week about how we got to get around the same people like-minded, and we sharpen each other. We talked about the benefits of that. And, and this, this, this Sunday, say this Sunday, we are talking about uh, the daily Bible reading, the benefits of daily Bible reading, or in other words, the, the benefits of daily reading. Amen. And so today we're going to talk about that in regards to the scriptures. You know, when you talk about the word of God, there are two types of words that you could say you have. You have the written word, that's the Bible, which is what we're talking about today, and you have the spoken word. And some of the written word was once spoken word, but then it was just written down. Y'all with me? The prophets is a lot of spoken word. It's God speaking to men and women and, and different people, and he's given them words, or he's given them some type of inspiration, and they're, they're actually giving a word. Most of the prophets actually are male, really all of them. But in regards, God can speak through any one of us, male or female, and he gives us what I call a spoken word. Say spoken word. Okay, so we see in Scripture that, that, that God will give a spoken word, and then he also had, and most, like I said, most words written start off spoken. And there are words, I say this to come and say, let me say this. There are words that God will give you outside of the Scripture. Can I get an amen? Okay, uh, let me just give you a help, help, help. Say, help me out, Pastor. If the spoken word ever contradicts the written word, then it's a chance it's not from God. Y'all with me? 
And I say it's a chance because sometimes God will give different words at different times. And in one season, he'll say this. In another season, he'll say that. It doesn't mean he's contradicting. It just means based on that season or what's going on spiritually, he changes it. And I'm not getting into all of that. But I come back to say this. Do you have the written word? Say written word and the spoken word. All right. And so Jesus says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So the word is critical for the life of a believer. Now, let me just start off by saying this. There is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. And so as we talk today, if you find yourself weak in this area of reading the word daily, then I want to encourage you not to be condemned, but to be convicted and encouraged and challenged to get back in the gym of reading the word. Amen. And so this is this is an opportunity for us to be jolted. Now, I'm not going to go into I don't I'm not going to talk today about the background of how they got the different uh, writings of the scriptures and how they put it together. There are some people that don't believe the word of God. The scriptures are valid. I believe they are valid. Amen. I believe they are authoritative. I believe that we should live by the scriptures. Yes, they were written by men who were inspired by God. Amen. So the scriptures are inspired by God, and God uses penmen or, or writers to put down what's in his mind and in his heart, and we read that. That's what we call the Bible. Say amen. And so we're going to read through some things today, but I just want to encourage you, get all the condemnation out your heart, get all the guilt out of your heart, because we are not saved by reading the word. Can I get an amen? We're saved by the blood of Jesus. And for those who may, may, may have had this thought, it, I'm just going to go on and just call it out because I know that you can think this. In the early days, they didn't have the Bible. Come on now. Abraham didn't have the Bible. Isaac didn't have the Bible. Jacob didn't have the Bible. Uh, all of the old, I mean, they didn't have the Bible. The Bible, the 66 books that we have now were not even written. Are y'all with me? But they have relationship. Matter of fact, Brother Joe was talking earlier about Enoch. He walked so close with God that he, was, that he, that he disappeared. God took him. He said, come on, boy. So, so that was, that was say, that's close relationship. But that was close relationship without a Bible. So the, the, the Bible is a support system that, that it, to me, I take it like this. The Bible is a support system that helps me to know that I'm accurate with God. Amen. It, it's just another way for me to know for sure this is God speaking to me. Because it's written, and I believe it's true. I believe there's no errors in the Scripture. I believe there are some translations that may go different ways and different thoughts or whatever. But I believe, generally speaking, the word is inerrant. There are no errors from God. What God said, he meant, amen, and it's truth. Amen. So with that being said, I had to get that all out because there are different obstacles that come up in our minds when we're hearing about reading the word that will keep us from reading it. But if we don't believe it's God's word, we probably will never read it. Amen. But you got to believe that this is God's word. Say, this is God's word. Now, you don't have to read a hard copy Bible. I have a phone up here. I read this almost every single day. I read my phone that has the Bible on it. I have different Bible apps that I have. The one that I like the most is version. Say version. The version. it has like a little, you probably can't see it on iPhone. This is how it looks. On lo I don't know how it looks on Android. But uh, on iPhone, this is how it looks. But I don't know how it looks on Android. Uh Y'all took a while to get that. Y'all, listen, y'all so starched, man. Um, so anyway, I, I have this, and as you can see, 
I have a black screen behind me, and, and just this morning I was reading a passage of, a passage of Scripture uh, in the book of Acts. And so, I, I, you know, the, 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 I, I have this, and I, I take this phone now. It's kind of hard on my eyes. I'm going to have to probably get something different going on and get some big glasses or something. Uh, but it's okay to read out of your phone. I know there are people that preach and teach that if you're reading it off a phone or iPad, you got to be careful with that. No, it's just as much as the word there as it is in the Bible. Now, keep a hard copy because they do make updates and changes. So sometimes things can change and vary. But can I tell you this? All of what we have is a translation anyway. So even if you get the hard copy, it's still a translation. It's still somebody that took something originally Greek or, he, uh, or Hebrew and, and, and made it so that we can read it. So it's still, come, come on now, so don't, don't get caught up in technology. Are y'all with me? Whether you're reading it on the computer screen, whether you're reading it on your phone, amen, whether you're reading it in a hard copy, then we need to make sure that we just believe it's the Word of God, amen? So in, in Luke 4, verse 16, it says, when he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, in other words, his old hood, he says, he went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the what? The scriptures. Who is this speaking about? This is speaking about Jesus. Say Jesus. So Jesus read the scripture. Now, in that, in that time, we have different break. We have, a, if you if you don't know, some of you might not know, we have Old Testament and New Testament. At that time, for the most part, they, did not, they didn't have the New Testament because the New Testament was just beginning. All right? So all the scriptures they really had came from the Old Testament. Are you with me? The scripture he, he was specifically reading, he started to read the prophet Isaiah. And he actually quotes the scripture, the spirit of the Lord is upon me and have anointed me. Come on now. And he said, this very day, this scripture is fulfilled. Aren't you glad that Jesus fulfilled that word? So he's reading. If you go Isaiah 61, you'll go back and see it. It says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Anoint. He's reading through the word. Amen. So you know if he's reading through the word, Jesus believed in the scripture. Come on now. And he's God in the flesh. So we know that Jesus read the scripture, and the Bible didn't just say, it says he went as usual. Say, he went as where? To the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the scriptures. So I don't know. I don't know how many days Jesus read the scripture, but I believe he read it at probably at least one, more than once a week. Can I get an amen? So, so we know this, so we realize this, and then it goes, and then it goes on, and it says, and go to Luke 4, chapter 4. I want to go here because I want to show you something. Say the scriptures. It says, but Jesus told him, no, the what? And who is he talking to? Do y'all know? He's talking to the devil. So Jesus, in order, in order to tell him, no, the scriptures say, he had to be doing what? He had to read the word. So Jesus knew the word of God. And again, most of the scripture at that point in time was just Old Testament scripture. But nevertheless, he read the scripture. It's inspired by God. So let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 17, verse 19, which is where we're going to get a lot of our, uh, um, or at least the first section of points from. I want to read this to you, and I'm going to go over some of the benefits. Here we go. He must always, Deuteronomy 17, verse 19, I have it right here on your outline. Everybody see it? It says, he must always keep that copy with him and read it daily as, as long as he what? All right? It says, that way he will learn to fear the Lord by obeying all the terms of these instructions and decrees. 
This regular reading will prevent him from becoming proud and acting as if he is above his fellow citizens. It will also prevent him from turning away from these commands in the smallest way. And it will ensure that he and his descendants will do what? Reign for many generations. So th- he's, he's talking here, and he said he must always keep a what? A copy. He must always keep a copy. So we see here that, that, that the Bible, which is the instructions of God, I believe what's saying here could be said about the Bible, generally speaking, that these principles here, these points that they're giving us in this scripture are benefits of reading the Bible daily. I like how it says in the beginning, and read it what? Daily. As long as he lives. I believe the first thing that will happen when we read the word of God constantly, we will walk in the fear of the Lord. What does that mean? Reverence. What does that mean? We have a heart of worship. Now, Somebody said, well, the devil knows the Scripture too, but it's how you take the Scripture in. What's your motive for reading the Scripture? Because there are professors that know the Scripture, but they don't have reverence for God. Matter of fact, some of them learn the Scripture so they can critique the Word of God. Are y'all with me? So it has to be the right heart that you receive it in. One of the last points that I'm going to be talking about is how the Holy Spirit is one who helps you to read the Scripture. But, But one of the benefits, say one of the benefits of reading the Word of God is I believe you're going to walk in the fear of the Lord. Now, scriptures, I believe, help you give wisdom. And the Bible says the beginning of wisdom, the fear of the Lord is the what? It's the beginning of what? It's wisdom. Now, there's a couple ways you can maybe take that. You could take it in the sense of God's reverence for his word helps me to come into wisdom. Or you could say that as I'm in wisdom, I'm gonna be, if I'm wise enough, I'm going to fear the Lord. Amen. So, reverence for God. Say, number one, reverence for God. Boy, I tell you, you get a good scripture about Jesus where he said, don't fear God, but fear man. Amen. Excuse me, don't fear man, but fear God who can throw your body and your soul in hell. Brother, you'll come out and say, Jesus said it. Boy, I need to be thinking about that. It can drop fear. Every once in a while, you need to read a scripture where Jesus says in Revelation, I come soon. You ain't talking to me. You need to have a reverence for God because I'm going to tell you, opinions, thoughts will have you feeling so good about yourself sometimes. And sometimes you need to get a jolt of the fear of the Lord in your heart. And the Word has a way of telling you like it is. Brother, if you got a beam, how are you going to get the speck out of your brother's eye if you got a beam in your eye? You start saying, God, I need help. Have you ever read the Word and just get like, you just, and you try to, you try to read around it to see if you, can, if you can change the screen. You can't change it. It's still there. You go to, you look at it in different translations. It's still there. Amplified, still there. KJV is still there. Man, I can't get around this. You look at the Hebrew, it's still there. And it settles in your heart. You say, man, even if a, even if a man looks at a woman with lust in his heart, he's already, God, what? He already committed. Jesus, did, did you really mean that? And God begins to create a heart of honor, worship. Reverence is a type, I would say, it's also connected to a type of worship, worshiping God. When you read the Scripture, you find out what God likes. What pleases God? The Bible says, honor the Lord with your best. So when I read that scripture, 
I'm saying, Lord, I mean, that's what I can take from that. I just say now is, Lord, am I giving you my best praise? Am I giving you my best time? Or am I giving you leftovers? Tell your neighbor, this happens when you read the word. You see the heart of God. But, but can I tell you this? If you don't read the word, that honor can begin to decrease. Anything can go. I tell your neighbor, say, God don't accept anything. All right, number two, humility. Say humility. He said that you won't become proud. It's going to prevent you from becoming proud. The opposite of pride is humility. And acting as if he is above his what? Fellow citizens. You need to read a scripture every once in a while, like in Romans 3, where it says, all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So when you need to read a scripture in Luke 18 where it says, and the man dared not even lift his eyes, but the one who said, Lord, I, don't fa- I fast, I don't sin like the other person, I give and tithe. And the Bible says he was not accepted. He was not justified in his prayer. In other words, we need to read the power of humility and the downfall of pride. Come on now. You can read through scripture how even Satan fell because of what? Pride. So when I read that, it tells me, say, God, what areas in my life are prideful? And let me tell you one of the signs of pride you'll see in Scripture. I'm just, I'm just telling you. I'm just helping you. One of the signs of pride is that you resist correction. This is what you find out in Scripture. So practically speaking, okay, when I go throughout the day, Lord, am I resisting God-given correction? Are y'all with me? And, and, and that might come from First Lady Lockett, who's my mother. That may come from a brother and sister in Christ. That may even come from somebody even in the secular world. But it's backed by God what they're saying. Do I resist correction? But guess what? I won't be able to see these principles if I'm not reading the Word of God. Are y'all with me? Now, the pastor's job is to feed you with knowledge and understanding. But his job is also to equip you to do the work that God has for you. My job as a pastor is not to entertain you. Can I get an amen? My job as a pastor is to equip you to do the work that God has for you. And I do that through the Word of God. And let me say something as well. Let me give you this picture. I believe as pastors, God anoints us and graces us to be able to help you, to give you an inspiring word, to give you a word that delivers you, that heals you, that restores you. I'm all for that. But at the end of the day, I'm not for, and I, and I hope you hear my heart, I'm not for handicapping you in your spiritual walk. In other words, my job is not to just make you seem like, make me seem like I'm God and I'm Superman and I'm Jesus himself. My job is to teach you how to walk through the word because there are moments that I'm not going to be there to give you a word, that you're going to need a word from God and you're going to need to know how to hear from God. But if you're waiting on Pastor Josh, can I get amen? If you're waiting on me to give you a word, I might not be there. And I'm going to be honest, there's no easy button you can push that I'll just show up from. Because I'll probably be asleep, to be honest. So late in the midnight hour, when you need a word, you're going to have to go through it yourself and get a word. Y'all with me? You're going to have to get a word yourself. I'm not going to handicap you, and I'm not going to make it seem like you don't have a spiritual grace either, like you don't have power either, like you don't have the anointing either, because you do. You can go in the word just like I do. Say amen. Some of you, I didn't need to tell that to you, but for others, I believe sometimes we become too dependent on spiritual leaders. 
when God says, I've got, a, in other words, you can't be grandfathered in a relationship. You got to have your own personal relationship. You can't live off of somebody else's relationship. Tell your neighbor, say, amen. I know that's the truth. The way I just put it like this is that how many of you have ever, um, <clears throat> how many of you all, how many of you all like, uh, I, do, I do my favorite. How many of y'all like barbecue chicken? Y'all better like it if I like it. All right. How many of y'all, if I, if I brought some barbecue chicken in a day, you would eat it? I'd let you eat in the sanctuary. You eat. Raise your hand. Okay, great. Oh, y'all too, y'all too holy. Y'all can't eat in the sanctuary. If I said you could, then you can for that moment. For the example, you can. All right, so you eat, so you eat some barbecue chicken. Let's say we had a big old, big old platter, big old table. We had barbecue chicken, had some green beans. Y'all getting hungry now. Got some candy yams. Got a glass of tea. No, put the, put lemonade in the tea. Mix it together. Sweet tea and lemonade. And then you got your pepper and a little bit of salt right here. Not too much. And I said, everybody, all right, the table is spread. Come eat. Y'all would all probably jump on it. All right? Now, but what if I said, hey, I want y'all to eat after I eat. In other words, I eat a piece of the chicken. And I put it back down. I eat some of the green beans. Y'all see a little juice come out. I put it back down. I eat some of the candy yams. <laughs> the problem is, I think that's a picture of what happens in the church, though. I believe too many people are eating off of somebody else's plate. When God has a plate for you every single day. It's just like that person at the table. They don't order anything. They wait till you order something. And then they start saying, can I get something off your plate? The devil is a liar. Your fork better not come any. Y'all know what I'm talking about? How many you know about that? You in a restaurant, y'all go to a restaurant, you, you make it very clear, don't you? Do you want to order something? No, I don't want to order anything. All I want is some soup. That's all I want. You know you want chicken legs, collard greens, and everything else. You just don't want to look like you're eating a whole lot. Amen. So they say, I don't want anything. So you order uh, server, Mr. Server, this is all I want. All I want is uh, da 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 because, you know, this person over here, they trying to act like they, but they don't want anything. Okay, I got it. As soon as you get your plate, there's an anointing of hunger that comes over that person. And you start to see something shiny and silver come your way. You said, the devil is a liar. Keep that back. And then they act like, well, you can't share. That ain't the, that ain't the fruit of the Spirit. Amen. Because why? You asked them 20 minutes ago. It was clear. Do you want to eat something? What did they say? But they'll rather eat off your plate. And I believe that's how some Christians are. They're eating off of other Christians' devotion. When God has your own personal devotion. Y'all remember, y'all remember the, the, the scripture of the, the, the seven wives, or the, the, the wives, or excuse me, the, the, the foolish, um, foolish versions, and then the wise versions? There were five that had extra oil, and there were, there were other, other versions. They didn't have any. They had, they had just enough. That's a whole other word. Because you can argue, extra is enough. Y'all ain't talking to me when times come up in your life. You don't just need enough. You need more than enough sometimes. And so they were sitting there, and they start talking, and they start going back and forth. And the bride, the groom came out. He said, I'm ready, you know, da, da, da. And the, and the, and the other bride said, can I, can I get some of your oil? 
They said, you better get your own. You better go down to Walmart and get some. What, what were they saying? What were they saying? I don't have enough to give you. I only got enough for me. Come on now. And so our devotion to the Lord has to be personal. Are y'all with me? It has to be personal. This is, this is how you grow up and develop. When you are, and I'm not, I'm not, I, I'm, I'm so open to people that are growing spiritually. Trust me, I am. But there comes a point in time, Paul said, not necessarily Paul, but the writer of Hebrew, he said, you should be teaching now. In other words, you should be at a place where you are able to dispense a word to somebody else. Come on. But you can't encourage nobody else with the word if you don't got no word in your heart. Are y'all with me? And I, I, sometimes, you know, children, when they're younger, they eat off your plate. Amen. You even see where sometimes, y'all ever, know, y'all ever seen those church mamas, those, y'all, those church babies? I thank God for church babies. Amen. They sit in a chair, look around. Every church baby know how they get. They got anointed for looking around at you. Just look at church babies. Don't get distracted from the word. Don't, don't get distracted from the word. But look at how they, they get up in that chair and they turn around. And the, pop, the parent go, they sit down for two seconds, then they get up. Then they go down like that. I ain't playing pickleball with you. Y'all know what I'm saying? But they getting up playing. But the other thing that you see some church mamas maybe do, you'll see them take a peppermint. Y'all ever seen peppermints? You know what that you know what that mama or that daddy would do? The peppermint too big for the little. I mean, the child only that tall. They they break it up. They put it in their mouth. Now you do that when you're small, but as an adult, you don't let nobody break off your peppermint. Is this becoming clear to y'all? Y'all, I hope y'all get so. You, but as a child, it's cool. You don't think about mama saliva and and, and daddy saliva. You like, because first of all, I don't drink out. Y'all drink out the pizza. But see, when you were smaller, your parents used to do what? Drink the, drink the, y'all ever had parents that drink the, the Coke before you drink it? And they, now you say ill, because you're too old for that. Amen. I'm just trying to give y'all a picture. Y'all with me? But that's what happens sometimes with the word, with getting prayer. We, we run into other people to try to eat off of their plate. Come on now. And, and, and God says, what about you? I got, I got something directly for you. You don't have to get the crumbs anymore like the woman said. I get the crumbs. I take the crumbs. You don't have to eat somebody else's crumbs that they didn't eat. You can eat the main dish. Come on now. Because Jesus has prepared a way for you to do it. So say, neighbor, I'm going after everything God has for me. Amen. Now, again, we need each other. God uses the body of Christ to encourage each other. But what I, what I do want you to understand is that you have to be established in your faith. You have to be established in your faith. My dad's not here anymore to give me a word, but the Holy Spirit is. Can I, y'all ain't talking to me. My, my mama's not with me everywhere saying, Joshua, what are you doing? Who are you talking to? But the Holy Spirit is. Y'all ain't talking to me. Your church brothers and sisters ain't always around you. But the Holy Spirit is. When that person coming to you and say, you turned it in late, you are just such a sorry employee. They don't talk like that. At your, they don't talk like that where y'all work. But y'all know what I'm talking about? And they send an email to everybody. I guess somebody forgot to do their work, so we're going to all have to do more work. And that's when you need the Holy Ghost to say love. The fruit of love needs to come forth. But that's got to come from the scripture that says forgive others and God won't forgive you. Because in that moment, you have to make a decision. I read that earlier this morning that I need to forgive others if I want to receive forgiveness. So I have no reason to hold somebody else's sin when God has released me from my sin. 
But that comes from a daily, we're talking about daily, y'all. We ain't talking about, because see, there's, there's sometimes there's too many microwave Christians. They don't know how to do this thing daily. There, there needs to be more slow-cooked Christians, amen. There needs to be more crock-pot Christians that know, see, excitement is great, but excitement will come and go, amen. You need, see, after the conference, when you fall out and they come around you and the ushers throw the throw cloths on you and you're crying and you got so much grease coming slash tears coming down your face and you cry and say, oh, I'm going to be changed forever. You may be, but if you don't have a daily walk that follows up after that, there will be no consistency. Every morning, say every morning. Every afternoon. I don't know when your moment is. I'm going to tell you this, though. I'm not going to depend on somebody else's devotional life for me to go forward. It's a lot of stuff on YouTube. Can I be real? There's a lot of teachings on YouTube. There's a lot of things on Facebook. Facebook Live, Facebook this, and Facebook that. And you can literally go, you can go 24 hours every single day watching message after message that God gave somebody else. But if you never develop your own personal walk, what happens when they're not around? What happens when you forget to pay your internet bill? Say amen. Didn't I tell y'all before we start, no condemnation? Challenge. This is a challenge. Y'all expect me to have a word, right? Y'all expect me to be in my word. But if I turn the tide... This thing got to be mutual. What if I told you sometimes you may have a word for me? <laughs> sometimes I need all my chicken legs. I can't give you any. Now, anyway, so I know y'all think that's selfish, and it probably is. But I'm just saying we need to have personal devotion. That's the point I'm trying to give you. Why? Because personal devotion to the word is going to bring a reverence for God. It's going to bring humility. Number three, it's going to bring spiritual stability stability. I don't want to be an in and out Christian. I don't want to be uh, 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 just an excited, you know, I, I'm excited one moment, then I'm not. And, and though feelings don't really matter, but I don't want to be a wishy-washy Christian. And I believe that's what's throwing the world off so much. It's because one day we're professing Jesus, and the next day it seems like we're cursing him because there's no spiritual stability. But I'm trying to give you something so you can have stability, so that you can run a marathon. You have to condition yourself so that you won't just be running. You know, it's just like the person who starts off fast. They and after about a minute, they like, <gasps> slow down. Why? Because they're not conditioned to go the long run. Now, some Christians have great burst but it's not continuous. I'd rather be that little turtle that's consistent. Y'all ever read about that story? The rabbit and the turtle. And that, that rabbit said, Doof! I mean, he was like Speedy Gonzalez. He was out. But then that turtle just stayed consistent. Day by day, just stayed consistent in his word. Just stayed consistent in his prayer life day by day. He wasn't going real fast. He wasn't reading 10 chapters a day. He was just reading one scripture a day. That's all. But he was consistently in his word. He was consistently praying. Half the time, he didn't even feel like he was falling asleep. But he was still consistent in his prayer life. And all of a sudden, he kept pushing forward. And at the end of the day, he got a win because of his consistency, not because of his speed. Y'all with me? 
Listen, some of us get thrown off even in these disciplines because we're trying to go really, 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 really fast. But sometimes it's not about how fast you go. It's about, it's about having a level of consistency. Because over time, God will grow you. He will develop you. But say spiritual stability. Now, in Luke chapter 4, verse 4, it tells us something. It says, it goes back to the scripture. Says, but Jesus said to, to, but Jesus told him, "No, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone." And it says in verse five, it says, "Then the devil took him up and revealed to him all the what kingdoms of the world in a moment of time." Verse six says, "I will give you the glory of these kingdoms and authority over them." The devil said, "Because they are mine to give to anyone I please." Verse seven. This is a temptation Jesus is going through. And it says, I will give it all to you if you will what? Worship me. Verse 8, it says, Jesus replied, the scriptures say you must worship the Lord your God. Uh Uh-oh, he's going back to what? He says, you must worship the Lord your God and serve only who? Verse 9, then the devil took him to the Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple. Go over to verse 10. Jump to verse 10. He says, if you're the son of God, jump off. He says, for the scriptures say he will do what? So three times during that temptation, Jesus responded to the devil, not with his opinion, not with his great personality, but he responded with what? Scripture. The word. What are we responding to the enemy with when he comes for us? Can I tell you this? If you don't have it in you, you can't push it out of you. Come on now. And so Jesus each time had what? Scripture. He kept coming back with scriptures. And he says, for the scriptures say he, for the scriptures say he will what? Order his angels to protect. Isn't it good to know he'll protect you? Verse 11, look at what it says. And they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a what? Look what it says in verse 12. Jesus responded. Now, I have to be careful preaching, teaching that, because y'all know who was just saying that? Say them, so the, the, the devil knows Scripture, too. That's why with all thy getting, you got to get an understanding. And that comes through time. And I'm going to give you some ways to get understanding. Jesus responded. The Scripture's what? That's important. That's important. Let me tell you this. Uh, an imbalanced scripture is more like an imbalanced Christian is more likely to fall. It's easy to fall when you don't have proper balance. And Jesus had an also say. Sometimes, and I, I love the book of Esther or Ruth, but you just can't read that all the time. I love the gospels. I love miracles, signs, and wonders, but I don't just I can't just read the Gospels all the time. Because if I get a lopsided view of God, then I will miss the also says. You're not hearing what I said. Jesus wasn't just in one portion of the Scripture. He heard what he said, but he was able to bounce back from another side. Y'all ain't hearing me. And a lot of times we get lopsided. Again, all this can be, you can say, yeah, but I can still hear from God. But the Scripture helps you to know you're hearing from God. And so he, he gave him scripture, and when he gave him scripture, he punched back with an also says. 
But you can't have also says if you haven't spent time in the Word to know the division and the, the analyzation of the Scripture and the background of the Scripture and to get greater understanding of the Scripture. So if you just go off of Scripture alone and don't have understanding, you can still fall. So he said, but the Scripture also says what? You must not what? The Lord your what? The Lord your God. So then... This is what happens. Can I make it practical? Scripture says, anything you ask in my name, I'll do to bring glory to the Father. Great scripture, right? Surface level, it looks like literally anything you ask, he will do, right? Is that what it says? It says anything you ask, he'll do, right? Raise your hand if you believe that's what it says. Anything you ask, he will what? That's what it means. Anything he asks, anything you ask, he will what? Is that what it means? John 14, verse 13. I know this is not Tuesday night, but this is Sunday. But let me go here because I want, I want to make sure you get this understanding. John 14, verse 13. You can ask me for anything in my what? And I will what? So that the what? All right, so let me give you a case in point. Let me show you what, I'm gonna, what I mean. So is he saying anything you ask, I will do? Now, how could the devil use this scripture to, to throw you off? He'll take out the part, you can ask for anything and what? So then you got to have a Bible study on what does it mean to be in his name? And he says, and I will do it so that the son can, and what, what's another part he'll probably keep out? So if it's not in his name and it doesn't bring glory to the father, then I can't ask for anything. So even in saying that, he still has boundaries on it. But you know what we'll say? Lord, you said anything I ask for, you will do. That's not what I said. I said anything you ask for in my name. And that the Father be glorified. So, here we go. Let's bring it down where we live. Let's take it down. We got it up here. Now we're going to bring it down to where we live. All right. So, that means basically there could be a couple, there could be a lot of examples I can use right now. But uh, somebody is, um, they're living and they're just going about life and they're just, let's say it's a single, right? Y'all know what singles are? Single people are? They're not pe the people that's not married. Y'all know who they are, married people? I just want to make sure. Don't forget about us. Amen. So a single person is just going along, and they, um, and over the course of their life, back in high school, they had a high school sweetheart. Y'all know what high school sweethearts are? The people that you love so much. You didn't even have a car. You couldn't even take them nowhere. You just, but y'all just wrote letters back and forth. That's back in the day. Young people, younger people these days don't know about letters. They know about Instagram, DMs, Snapchat, all that stuff. But there used to be a day people used to write letters. They write letters back and forth. And then they say push here or something like that. Isn't that, isn't that what they say? Is it check? Maybe I got the wrong thing. Okay. So check. So you open it up. They used to fold it. You would open it up. Check here if you like me. Just come tell me. You know what I mean? Don't, I, I'm not going to check here because the, the messenger might not get it back to you. But anyway, so they said check here. You said, they said, yes, I like you. And so they said, all right, well, meet me at lunch in the lunchroom. So you sit there for 30 minutes and you think you're on a date in the lunchroom. 
And you say, ooh, I like you. You like your chicken nuggets? Yeah, I like mine too. You like your carton of milk? I sure do. Chocolate milk is so good. So y'all just having a date over, over lunch food, you know, in the, in the lunchroom. And, uh, and so it's very interesting. Your teacher say, all right, you got to go. And you get up. You, I got to see. I'll see you later. You're my boo. I know. And so you walk off. So anyway, speed up the story. I will. So here you go. So, so you're going through life. Y'all dating. And guess what? Y'all break up. You know that hurt in high school. It hurt really anytime, but it hurt because you just all oh, your. I mean, it's just so crazy. The the girl's writing. She ain't got. She ain't got. She ain't bold enough to get a tattoo, but she take a mark and write the person's name on her arm and all that kind of. So they they they. I mean, this is her boo. I mean, they they meet each other every day before they get on the bus and go home to their parents' house. Amen. And they they happy excited, but they break up. So they crying. Her girls come talk to her. His boys come talk to him, and it's just nosy people coming out of everywhere. What happened? You don't need to know. Amen. So they're asking back and forth. Long story short, you go to college. Y'all split because most of the time after high school, you probably ain't going to see most of those people anyway. So y'all go to college, and you ain't talking to. But for some reason, you kind of keep in touch. You keep in touch. And you keep in touch, and you talk, but y'all ain't going to the same school. And then you graduate from college. She get her degree. You get your degree. And then next thing you know, it's an Instagram, Facebook season. And so you see one day on Facebook, you're just scrolling down. You're about at the second hour of Facebook, just scrolling down everybody's page. You've been in there two hours deep, just being nosy, being a, being a social media stalker. Come on now. Y'all don't act like, don't act like you don't do that. People do it. And we're so busy stalking people on Facebook and Instagram. Don't be condemned. I'm just telling you what happens. It's addictive. I will admit, it's addictive. It's something about the gram that just pulls you in about reading everybody else's comments, then, oh, I didn't know that they commented on that person. I didn't know they was, I didn't even know they had an Instagram page. You click on their page. You look through their pictures. You see somebody else you haven't seen in a while. You click on it, and, and then next thing you know, you've been on that thing for two hours. So you're the second hour. They're looking through it, and they go, they, go to their, they go to their high school sweetheart, and they go to the first page, the first picture on her, and, it said, and it's just a picture of a ring and somebody on their knee. And you say, no, that just got to be somebody else's engagement. That can't be their engagement. But you know, when people get engaged, they blow it up. If you really got engaged, you put it on all your social media. Come on now. So they're showing it in their own ring, and then everybody's congratulating them. They said, no, that's the wrong person. They ain't, they ain't get engaged. No, they didn't. <gasps> and they're breathing hard, and they keep going. They're trying to research, make sure they ain't the person. And they find out that the high school sweetheart got engaged. She's taken. She's gone. And she didn't even, that's right, she didn't even tell me. <laughs> and you know what hurts sometimes? You just had, sometimes, you could have just had a conversation with that person last week. You didn't even know they were dating. And so you're trying to get delivered from a heart wreck. Come on now. Heal my heart, Lord. So you're going down. And then uh, everybody else saying congratulations. And then you're talking about, I'm, I'm going to be praying for you. See, why can't you say congratulations? Because you got bitterness in your heart. That's why. Tell me, I want to pray for you that the devil don't mess. No, you don't even need. Congratulate him. You get to the prayer part later on. So anyway, you go there, and then you start praying. You start going to your prayer. Well, the Bible says anything you ask. I'm coming back to the scripture, y'all. Me, let me get through my story. You can ask for anything in my name, and I will do it so that the son can bring glory to the Father. So here goes. Your heart is bitter. You're offended. That was supposed to be my boo. That was supposed to be my bae. Right? Right? And vice versa. It could be men and women. Men get hurt too, by the way. 
going to talk about that next month in some living room discussions. They can get hurt. Do men get hurt? Like, yes, we get hurt, but we manifest differently than women do sometimes. But that's another story. So they, the, let's say it's the woman, though, just because it, it just might go, it, it might go better with the woman. So the woman says, how dare he get on his knee? I spent five years with him from middle school to high school, and he, can't, he, and he ain't never do that for me. So you angry and you mad, and you still going to pray the devil off of their relationship. So uh, everybody else saying much success. She's saying, I hope it's successful. And, but anyway, you're praying, and you're praying. You say, Lord, you said anything I ask for in my name and your name, you will do. Anything I ask for, you will do. So the devil starts saying, yeah, pray that prayer. So you start saying, Lord, I pray that they break up. You didn't get me. You start saying, Lord, I, I, I pray that they, they break up. And then after three months of praying, you find out they still got married. And not only did they get married, but in the next nine months, they having their first baby. And they showing that baby off all over Instagram and Facebook. And you know what people are saying, just like they said before? Congratulations. Now they married, you say, Lord, I pray right now that your will be done and you will break it up. You say anything I ask for in your name, you will do. No, you're arguably moving into witchcraft now. Ah! Jesus says, you don't know what spirit you're asking for this in. It says, should we call down fire? You can't ask for anything. You got to have the right heart when you ask for anything. So I say that to say this. Anything, because it's not in his name to see divorce. Come on now. Y'all ain't talking to me. I said it's not in his name to pray for divorce. The Bible says that God hates it. It doesn't mean that God doesn't permit it, but he hates it. They're just things he don't like. There's no condemnation of those who have been separated or divorced. Just wanted to get that disclaimer. But what I am saying is that when you start praying for it, that is the spirit of Satan. And you can do it if you're not careful by using the word. But it's not just using the word. You got to have the right understanding of the what. Because the devil will use enough truth to lie to you. He will, he will give you enough truth to deceive you. The truth is, your dad did leave you. But the lie is that you no longer have purpose. The truth is that you have been in a lot of broken relationships. But the lie is sometimes that you'll never get married. The truth is you have had funny money. But the lie is that you're going to always be there. See, who give you enough truth to lie to you, even if he has to use the Scripture? So say, I got to have an also says. It's a balance. Number three, spiritual stability. I say that because Jesus warded the devil off. From in temptation, he resisted the devil with the word. Number four, it reveals the mind of God. Say it reveals the mind of God. If you want to know what God's thinking, get in his word. It will give you his heart. It will give you his mindset on things. It will show you the breakdown of what he's thinking, his, his character. Can I tell you this? Don't just study what God does. Study why God does. Because his heart is what remains the same let me just help you out. Somebody said, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, forever. He is. But it's just like, can I tell you, a coach's heart is to win. But how he wins can vary. He may pass more some games. He might run more other games. So what he's doing doesn't really, it doesn't really matter. That can change. But his why is what? I want to win. 
God has a why of, 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 of some things in Scripture that you'll find out. And if you study his why, you'll understand that his what may change, but his why is still the same. That's why you have to realize that the why in the heart of God is that he always does good. And he always wants the best for us. Y'all ain't talking to me. So even when we're going through the trials and tribulations of our life, we still know that, God, whatever's coming my way, first of all, you saw it coming. Second of all, you want the best for us. Third of all, all things work together for the good of them that love him and are called according to his what? So no matter what I'm going through, God, what you're doing to me is still good, even if I can't taste it, even if I can't see it. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is what? Come on now. So you know his heart is, even when he disciplined you and spanked you, your parents used to sit you down and tell you, you know, the only reason why I do this is because I what? I understand that. I'm understanding more and more now as I'm getting older. But your parents said, you about to tear my tail up and you're talking about the only reason why I do this is because I love you. Well, if you love me, don't give me a whooping then. But they're telling you what? Their heart. So after you finish crying and gnashing the teeth, that you'll come, you, you'll be good to go. But that's what God, you, you find his mind, the mind of the Bible says his man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So I believe the mind of God is in his heart, just like it says in the Scripture. So our heart, his heart, it reveals the mind of God, or it reveals the heart of God. It renews our mind. It's, it brings the renewing of the mind. The benefits is the renewing of the mind. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 through 17, it talks about uh, conformity to the will of God. And so it's very important uh, that, we, that, we, that we get in the Word of God. It brings the renewing of the mind. Lastly, on this point, it brings discernment. Say discernment. Okay? Now, as I said before, it teaches us what's right. Well, I didn't say that, but it says it teaches us what's right, teaches us what is true, and to make us realize what is what? What is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are what? And teaches us to do what is right. So it gives us discernment. It gives us discernment. Because I read the Word daily, there are moments and there are times. See, there are, let me say this to you. There are moments where I don't necessarily have to be prophetic in a sense that I heard a word from God. But because I study His Word so much, I know His patterns. And I know automatically what's Him and what's not Him. See, some of you who have spouses, you're married, you can pick your spouse voice out of a crowd of thousands of people. Why? Because you've been around it so much. And when you get in the Word of God, you'll see His pattern for so long that no matter what comes your way, whether it's your thoughts or it's the devil's thoughts, you will still be able to say, that's not God's what? thoughts. And I know God's thoughts because he'll never leave me nor forsake me. He's not coming to condemn me. He's coming to save me. So you begin to, you say, Lord, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Uh-uh, that ain't your voice. Uh-uh, it's just like a mama know their baby cry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know all, and you know which one is yours. The, the one is yours. Yeah. That's yours right there. Why? Because you've been around it so much. Say Amen. God will give you discernment. And I say that to say this. For instance, let me give you for instance for the relationship series next week. How do I know somebody is for me? I'm not saying I'm going to teach a whole message on this, but how do I know somebody is for me in dating? If you are dating somebody singles in this room and they tell you what their treasure is, but their treasure never comes to your house, their heart is not for you. Because the Bible says where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. 
So I can tell time after time, if your money starts dwindling in the relationship, if your time starts dwindling in the relationship, sooner or later, you're physically going to be going for the relationship. Why? Because it's prophetic. Wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart is. Why are y'all so quiet? If you want to know somebody's for you, look at where their treasure's going. And if it's never coming to your, your lap, then it must mean they don't have a heart for you. If you always call them and they say, you know what, they're about to do something or they just got finished doing something so they need to take a nap, they ain't for you. I'm telling you right now, they they just not for you. If you say, I thought you said we was going out to eat today. He said, oh, I forgot I had something else to do. I just, watch this. You told me that three weeks ago that we would go out. But sorry, something came up three days ago. Wait, wait a minute. Three weeks, three days. That was before three days. So I'm not priority. But we still going to work out. Y'all ain't talking to me. The devil, if you can see that, it's going to save you from a lot of years of hurt if you just realize that that person not for you. Because where their treasure is, that's where their heart will be. They say, you know what, though? I do you a favor. They give you a coupon that they give everybody else. Go take yourself out to eat. That's just a smack. And then later on that night, you see another, because you get back on Instagram. You get back on Instagram, and you see what he had to do. You know what he had to do three days ago? He had to take somebody else out. And guess where he took him? Ruth Chris. And he gave you a coupon at McDonald's. See, I don't have to necessarily pray long hours, per se, to get that. I just need to get in the Word to know that where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. And I can pick, and you can, what's this? This is discernment. I can, you can discern for me, not for me. Still got to love both, but not for me, for me. Friend, enemy. I can discern. Why? Because I know the Scripture. Too much talk leads to sin. There goes another one. Proverbs chapter 10. When you see people that can't control their mouth, it's a, it's, a, it's a telltale sign probably they can't control their character or their life because your mouth is a bridle. And it's one of the main control. These are things you just learn. So now when you come up to people, I just got to tell it. I just got to say it. Well, they just got to say it. They probably have a loose bridle on everything else in their life, their finances, their relationships. Why y'all quiet? If I can't control my mouth, I really can't control nothing else. If I can get a hold of my mouth, I can get everything else under control. Where is a horse controlled? A horse is controlled with his what? If you direct his mouth, you can direct everything else. These are things you learn in Scripture, and it helps you to have discernment. Say discernment. So it takes a daily reading of the word supports for Bible study. When you're reading the Bibles, when you're having a Bible study, there are a couple things to keep in mind. Here goes a couple things. Number one. You need, to, you, need to, you need to study the historical context. Now, how do you do that? You just get history books. And you get history books on, on where even sometimes secular books can help you out. You don't have to read spiritual books. You can read secular books. They'll tell you about, like, for instance, Jesus is actually a real man. Most people just don't, some people just don't believe he's the son of God. But he's a, there was a literal man named Jesus that even other historians would talk about that weren't necessarily believers per se or they weren't necessarily in the Bible as writing one of the letters. But they know Jesus was a lot. So you need to read history, what was going on back in that time. Amen. So if we say it, like, for instance, we say uh, 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 
what's the what's the famous statement we have nowadays? Uh, mm, you can miss me on that. Y'all ever heard that? No, y'all, no, y'all, y'all ain't heard it. Or you say I got a crush on her. Okay, so if I say I got a crush on her, y'all know that means what? You like see that's what you know because you're living in this time. You know context. That's really cultural context, but you know context. It doesn't mean I, I want to crush her with a rock or I want to run over her. It means I like her. Am I helping you all? So when you're reading the Bible, the Bible is not always user-friendly, so you're going to have to go above and beyond to get some cultural context so that when you're reading it, you'll know it doesn't mean I want to kill her. It, means I, it actually means the opposite. I like her. But they're not going to sit there and give you a commentary on everything that you're reading. So there are different things in Scripture. You've got to just get the historical background on what was going on in Jesus' day, what was going on in David's day, what was going on in Joseph's day, what was going on in Nineveh at the time Jonah came to give the word, what was happening in the context. And then it helps you to get a greater picture of, man, what was he saying when Paul said, uh, confess Jesus to be Lord of your life? Why was that so radical? Because the only person in that day and time that was Lord was who? Caesar. So it was bold for a believer to say Jesus is Lord. And St. Paul also said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God. Number two, get a Bible dictionary. Okay, this is simply put, it's just a dictionary for words in Scripture. You know, in, in Scripture, what you'll find out there, there, one word can mean different things based on where it's located in Scripture. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That's agape love. But then it says, for God loves a cheerful giver. That's a different love. That's a pleasurable love. That's a, I, it's like saying I like chicken because I like the way it tastes. Come on now. So you say I love chicken. You don't really love it. With, I mean, you like it. Let it start tasting bad. You'll stop liking it. You'll stop loving it. That means God has things. Now, say this with me. Say God loves everybody, but he's not pleased with everybody. So when it says love, is it pleasurable love or is it unconditional love? God loves everybody. He's not pleased. So you just need to get a dictionary to figure out some words. And this is and all of these things you can find online. Here goes biblical commentary. You need to get some commentary that can help you out. That means that's just other people's viewpoint on that scripture. Different takes on it. Well, I believe the scripture means that. Have to be careful with it because they, not, they might not necessarily come from the spirit of God, but biblical commentaries. Number four, a Bible reading plan. Say a Bible reading plan. Now, a lot of people don't plan to do anything, so they never do anything as far as reading the Word. Daily, I try to make sure that I read a certain amount of scriptures before I leave the house. Say daily. So I said, what happens if you don't finish reading it? Do you, go around and, do, you, do, do you go around and just start kicking duck rocks and say, oh, my goodness, I'm just going to hell now? No. But I, when I get to a place where I can sit down, you know what I do? It's easy. I pull out that Bible app. They don't know what I'm doing. See, that's the problem. Y'all got that big old Bible that's that that's size of a suitcase you're carrying around with you. That's why you need the technology. <laughs> so I pull it out, and so if I missed a certain portion, guess what I do? And now you can highlight it so you know where you left off. I go right back to where I left off, and when nobody do anything, I get it in. And they don't know what I'm doing. Every day. Say every day. You said, do you ever get tired? Yeah, sometimes I fall asleep. I hold I, ooh, that was good what you were saying, Paul. But you know, it's interesting because even when I'm reading it, there's still stuff getting in me. 
And so I might not be able to pull revelation from it then because I'm too tired, but later on, God will pull the scripture back up in my heart. It's, ca- it's what I call a pop-up word. And, but, but, but you can't, sometimes it's hard to have a pop-up word if you never get it in you. Come on now. So, so, so we say, so no, okay, so biblical reading. So what is it? Is it going to be daily reading? Is it going to be reading through the New Testament this year? Is it going to be maybe reading through the Psalms? I don't know what it's be, but, you, but I, can I encourage you, get a plan. And the plan, basically the plan that I'm on, I don't do chronological. I just go straight through. And I, that means if Leviticus is up that day, I got to read Leviticus. God help me in Leviticus. My goodness. Numbers, Deuteronomy. That don't even, I mean, that just sound, you know. I mean, y'all, I'm just being real, y'all. There's some books of the Bible that I like more than others. I'm just, I'm just being honest. Can I be honest? Genesis is awesome. I mean, God's creating the heaven and the earth. Oh, it's great. I mean, you see a Nephilim, which are giants, basically angels and humans put together to a degree. You're like, oh, my goodness, the, the Babel, Tower of Babel, he confuses people. You're like, oh, that's why probably in Acts 2 he comes back and unites the people. I mean, you, 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 it's, it's powerful. Genesis 11, Genesis 12, Abraham goes out. All this, That's just great. But, brother, when you get over into about Leviticus and they start saying, cut this animal in half, and leak, let the blood, the blood drain out. And he's like, I, I, and I'm like, I'm so thankful for Jesus that we ain't got to do all this no more. That's, that's the application you get from that. I'm thankful Jesus came. Amen. Then you go off the Song of Solomon. That's a tricky one, too. Y'all know how, y'all ain't ready for this. That's in the Bible. Amen. Proverbs, you get excited because that's about wisdom. Man, you, you think you can make as much money in the world. You're like, boy, this boy teaching me something. I mean, sorry, Solomon, you teaching me something. And you're reading through it, and he's giving you all these pointers, you know, and, and it's just like, oh, my goodness, this is just so practical, nugget after nugget, point after point. Oh, this is great. And then you go to something else, and you're like, man, this is just, this, this is just, this is just is. It is what it is. And, and, and there are times where you come, the prophets, they come, and then the prophet Jeremiah is just telling people off. For the first for the first five chapters, you happy. You're like, oh, boy, you better tell him. Then when he keeps saying that stuff over and over, you're like, can we get on to the next? But I do it consistently because there are things I will, I will miss the first year that I'll come back and hit the second year. Then there are things I miss the second year that I'll come back and hit the third year. As I keep going, I, my thing is I'm going through it. And I might miss chapters here and there or whatever, but I'm going through it. And as I'm going through it, what I missed the first time, I'm getting the second time. What I missed the second time, I'm getting the third time. And I go through it, and it's a struggle sometimes. And people, everything in the world want to distract me from it. People might be texting me, emailing me, and it's tempting. I want to look at the game. I want to look at this. I want to look at that. I want to catch up maybe on whatever. But you know what? I say, no, Lord, I am disciplining myself daily in your word. Because when a temptation comes up 10 hours from now, I was just telling them yesterday in a team development meeting, which thank God for all who came. I, I, was, I was just in a team development meeting, and I said, there was a guy at one of the stores. I went up to him. I said, can I get a smoothie? And he said, we're closed. I said, what time do you close? That was the flesh. You know, you want to get Denzel on. What time do you close? They went off to him. They said, he, said, he asked his coworker. He said, uh, when we close, about 7, eight, you don't even know when you close, but you telling me y'all closed. But I need to be in the Word that day. Why? Because I need to have spiritual stability that the, where, the, where the Bible says, don't let your anger control you. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. So if I take him home with me, first of all, I'm going to be preaching to y'all. I'm going to be preaching angry to y'all because what somebody did to me about a juice smoothie. And then I might go to sleep and wake up with a devil, and I don't want that. 
So the word gives me spiritual stability. So let's say daily. Is this daily? This is daily. It's not always romantic, and it's not always cool to do it, but we got to do it daily. Then lastly, you have to have the Holy Spirit. Say the Holy Spirit. The Bible says he comes to guide you into all truth. There are teachings from Scripture that come from demons. So just because you're getting teaching from the Word doesn't mean it's coming from God. There are inspirations that demons can use where they will teach you Scripture. The Bible talks about doctrines of demons. You need the Holy Spirit to guard you. And so, whole how we need him today because there are so many different teachings out there. And you get more confused sometimes when you listen to the person you were before. You're like, God, what is true? You need the Holy Spirit to guard you, to guide you, to lead you into all truth. You can't do this by just reading words in a book. You need to get the author of the book. What did you mean when you said that? Can I say, can I, can I get an amen? Now, I know this was very practical today. And for some of you, you might not feel like this is inspiring, but can I tell you this? If you will just make it an effort from this year to the end of the year that every single day I'm going to get in the Word of God through the Scriptures, I declare that before the end of the year, you're going to see breakthrough in your life, whether it's internal or external. Your marriage can go to another level. Your finances can go to another level. As you just simply focus in, he said, meditate on my word day and night, Joshua, and you will prosper. You will be successful. I believe it actually says successful. So you want success? We got to get in the what? The word. Stand on your feet. We're going home. Give a shout of praise to the Lord. Hallelujah. There's some of you in this room right now. Your spiritual development is waiting on you. And I'm not going to be condemned, but there's some things God won't force on you. You have to take. You have to take. There is so much power in his word. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're in here today, you said, Pastor Josh, I'm a little convicted right now, which we all can be, because we all get dull sometimes. Pastor Josh, I really believe God is calling me not only to read his word again, but he's calling me back into relationship. I've fallen away from him, but I want to come back. I need to come back. Can I tell you this? You will be changed by the power of God as you say yes. Jesus has paid the price, but we still have to walk in that price he paid for. And so if that's you today, with every head bowed, every eye closed, when I count to three, slip your hand up. I want to pray with you, pray for you. And I declare God's going to do a work in your life in this year, 2020. Yes, he is. One, if that's you, get ready. Two, if that's you, get ready. Maybe you hit a, a hard place in your life that got you from his word. It separated you from his presence. It separated you from walking full throttle with him. But today is a day to come back. When I say three, slip your hand up. Three, slip your hand up right now. I'm going to pray with you, pray for you. Just slip it up high if that's you. I see that hand. Is there anybody else? You say, I'm coming back to the Lord on today. This is my day. This is my day to rededicate it's okay to rededicate. Pray this with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I recommit to following you all the days of my life. I declare that the power of darkness 
is broken off of me from this day forward. I will never be the same in Jesus' name. Come on, give a shout of praise if you believe this. I want to challenge you to go online today, practically speaking. If you're not doing a reading plan, find one and get on it. I don't want to condemn you. I'm here to help you. And I'm going to tell you, when you get this discipline in place, the devil better watch out. Because you are powerful when you know the word, when you know your rights. Thank you for tuning in to this week's show. We hope that you receive practical ways that you can walk with Christ daily. As always, we'd love to connect with you. Visit us on Instagram and Twitter at Triad Christian, Facebook Triad Christian Center, or visit our website, triadchristiancenter.org. We look forward to connecting with you. And until next week, be blessed.